Hey, welcome back to Country and Cold Cans. As always, I'm Logan, sitting here with Andy and Kyle, and today we are very excited because we have a special guest on the show. We have uh, Mr. Nicholas Jamison, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Like I was uh, telling you a little bit before we uh, started recording, I've been listening to Sunday Best since I was in college. Probably, I, I think I discovered um, y'all's music back in like 2014, so it's been a good little while, and then I got to give a shout out to the meme man for uh, turning me on to your solo <laughs> stuff because he's uh, he kind of has been filling us in a little bit more on the Kentucky scene because y'all got some some good music coming out of there lately. Yeah, man, it's really crazy uh, the abundance of of artists that are are becoming known on a regional and national level and Jonathan in particular, man, he's been such a champion for so many people and and just connecting so many people and it's crazy because i mean i'm not what he does you know with the memes is hilarious but oh, yeah. like the the it's it's just crazy how um the synergy that's kind of surrounding his his thing so that's that's really cool i owe him a lot honestly yeah, man, he definitely does do a good job at what he does because, like, his memes are one, they're hilarious, but two, <laughs> exactly, he does a good job of, like, uh, I guess getting uh, more awareness for uh, a lot of like independent artists. Because I know me and him were talking about there's a band out of North Carolina that, unfortunately, it looks like they're they're splitting up, but they just put out a record last year called Whiskey Foxtrot. It's kind of like an alt country, kind of similar in sound in some ways to like American Aquarium but me and him yeah. were talking about them because like he he's been had been like pushing them out there too but he just does a fantastic job at being able to kind of uh get that out there so uh, we definitely appreciate him uh, helping us out on that yeah uh, for turning sure. us on to your music but uh one thing I did want to ask you because like we mentioned like Kentucky music and but there's a there's a common sonically there seems to be like a common thread that runs through but it's still different enough from artist to artist and like i always want to ask the artist this so like when i have you here how do you describe your music because like when it comes to like genres and everything because i know some people are hardcore on them some people are a little bit uh more lenient on that kind of thing yeah i mean i think i I draw from a lot of different whales you know um this is the country music highway like the the highway that goes like out past my house so like country is really deep here and uh i'm i'm 10 minutes from like loretta lynn's home place oh, wow. um and I, and I think that that uh that ties into like I, I grew up singing in church a lot so there's like that southern gospel country bluegrass kind of thing that's going through it all but i grew up honestly listening to uh rock and roll and yeah. uh like soul music and uh i mean even r&b like like uh brian mcknight that was a huge influence on my on my just because it was fun and different to sing but um i try not to get too caught up on the genre that i'm i'm trying to be in because i i i don't want to pigeonhole myself into anything i I really love exploring uh, it all and i've been exploring more uh electronic music just because it's been so hard to get uh together you know with with people the last the last year it's like well how can i make music at home and yeah man that's just a that's a completely different animal there the electronic stuff so 
Yeah, it definitely is. It's something that I don't have a lot of experience uh, with, like really listening to and everything. But I have a buddy of mine that is really into that stuff. He he all the time is sending me stuff to listen to. And like, I, I, I keep telling him, I'm like, look, man, maybe one day it'll click for me. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and when I say electric, I just, I don't, I just mean like, like you can do like country music. Like there's so many loops and mm-hmm. um, samples like right. that. I, I took a class uh, in January. It was like, it was a, this guy that he's, he's the lead singer of, uh, um, what is the group? One Republic. Okay. Ryan Taylor's yeah, yeah, his yeah. name. And he's got like, he's got like a, uh, a songwriter show on NBC and all that stuff. And that's completely pop music. I've, I've not been into pop music probably since TRL, uh, yeah. you know, all, all that stuff. But, um, it's, it's just crazy the, the, the way that music can be made now and how accessible it is to people. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's, I'm excited to see what this last year is going to do to music. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, any yeah. music that we, it's, it's like inspiring so much, uh, people are just, I, I feel like just going to a different place than they ever have. So. Yeah, cool I definitely see. I definitely agree with you because I, I really think that, you know, over the last year has been a lot different, really different for uh, what all of us were used to. And I, I just mm-hmm. think that there's probably going to be like this massive boom of just like of, of songs coming from people. Because like like I know this probably been different for you guys as artists where you, you haven't probably been able to tour as much. So like right. what do you, you still want to be creative and flex those muscles some. So I, I think there probably is going to be a lot of a lot of like killer new stuff with kind of a different perspective than what you would have had if it was a, a regular year. Most definitely. I know Travis Tritt said that exact same thing the other day. He said it was going to be like a baby boom for music. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the perfect way of, of putting it. It's like, I, I feel like artists have always been like, it's like they are the storytellers of like what's going on in the collective. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like, um, I mean, that's what the baby boom was and like the Renaissance and all that stuff. It was like almost like alchemically, like they're like turning, they're taking all this crappy stuff that's happened and like, you know, it's going on inside and then they throw it on to guitar licks or, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying? So oh, it's, yeah, 100%. Uh, it's, uh, it's going to be cool to see. Yeah. I, I definitely think too, like I'm somebody that, um, already is, but. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm somebody that loves like sad music. We like to joke around on this show that sad songs make us happy. So like I know that with some of the unfortunately, some of the bad things that have happened over the last year and to varying degrees for people, I think it's going to come. You're going to get some killer bummer jams (laughs) coming out of it. And I'm kind of really excited about that. Yeah, no doubt. That's been probably the <laughs> biggest theme of the year is just yeah. being sad and having to deal with all that stuff. So I've definitely got a few in the in the bag. So yeah, uh, yeah. So how sad has, boy country? Exactly, sad boy country. That's a good way. Of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> so how has the last year been different for you um, specifically? Like with just I guess everything kind of being, for lack of a better way of saying, it shut down compared to normal. Um, well, number one. I, I had a baby. Like we, we, we were pregnant. We got pregnant probably <laughs> two weeks into I mean it was in March. Yeah. So um 
Welcome yeah, to Canada. Take us, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. It's a great um, story to tell in the future. What's that? I said it'd be a great story to tell in the future. Uh, yeah, yeah me along. Yeah, you, be, yeah, me uh, along with I don't know. There, there's so many people. What are they calling the corn? What are they calling the babies that have been had in quarantine? I don't know. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm asking my. I don't know, but but yeah, there's <laughs> that, that seems to be a, a a common thing. I don't know if people got bored or. <laughs> Um, gotta kill time somehow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can only drink with so much whiskey. So, <laughs> uh, right. yeah, yeah. There are worse ways to kill time than that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so other than that, I mean, I, you know, tour. I I, I put out a record in in 2020 uh, called the Wild Frontier, and I had uh, that had been like a four year project um that leading up to and so obviously i think everybody thought it was going to be a big year you know i don't yeah. know how you guys felt but like I, 2020 I it was like yeah i mean i kept going 2020 perfect vision 2020 like it's just it's going everything's gonna happen and it happened but just not it's not, not the way we I thought, thought. <laughs> yeah so uh it's weird though, because I mean, as as much as I was looking forward to, as much as I thought was going to happen, like I thought that that record we were just going to take it all over the country and play it. Um, I was kind of relieved at the same time, you know. I've been thinking about that the last couple of days because it's like uh, it's coming up on a year of the release, and I'm just you know I've been thinking about that, and um, it's kind of relief that I didn't have to go that i didn't have to do like because keeping a band together is so hard you know oh, yeah. and uh <laughs> so um i really just tried to surrender as well as i could me and my brother started painting houses um just as a kind of and and doing construction stuff and that was good you, you were talking about flexing that muscle it was good to like flex different muscles because i've right. been such a i've been in the just full-time tour musician thing for like 10 years and you'd be surprised like when when like just going and picking up wood you know and and taking it to like just go for work you know what i'm saying like go go get this go get that like how hard that was for me at times just mentally just because i just hadn't (laughs) i just hadn't done it in so long oh yeah um so it was good in that way to just stretch those new muscles and kind of not be so reliant on one thing that, that feel like it's made us more flexible, you know, as far as making, making life work, you know, like just oh, getting yeah. by. So. Yeah. We've, um, we've kind of like at, in the same vein of that, like with this podcast, we used to never record remotely because we just didn't really know about Zoom. So I guess one positive for us came come out of the like the last year with the pandemic was Zoom just kind of blew up and it's made interviews like right now where we're able to talk to you. Like we're in North Carolina, you're in Kentucky, and we're able to, you know, do these things where before we didn't weren't we couldn't be as consistent because um I live in Raleigh. I don't I know I don't know how familiar you are with North Carolina, but I live in Raleigh. Kyle lives in Roanoke Rapids and Andy, he's a truck driver. So God knows where he is on any given day. (laughs) (laughs) 
but but yeah, it's definitely been uh that's this there have been some silver linings throughout the whole thing. But you said you um uh put out a solo record. So one thing I was curious about is how different is like the process for you when you're doing a solo record versus like a, a record uh with Sunday Best. Um I think that Sunday Best was very and is <laughs> probably more about entertain entertainment, like just straight up like beer selling beer. To, right. Not 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 yeah. you, know, you know, like yeah. like when we first started we were we were young and playing in bars and, and it was like it was high energy and um and I still like you know, it's like I, I just kinda got it, it's hard to do that all the time, you know, just right. to be up all the time and um I think uh solo at i more of the sad the sad boy stuff at first yeah. you know it was just like like just just getting it deeper into storytelling and deeper into just em- emotional like uh or existential stuff you mm-hmm. know and i think that the sunday best stuff was like just kind of lighthearted i was i right. think because you know it was when i was we were we were both starting out pretty much you know as songwriters, so you're you're I think probably more general themed, you know, just because you're young and and you stick with what you know and you've not yeah. done as much. So like love and party and yeah, as Coetzel said, song that I can drink to. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, it's been good to to do the solo stuff because it's it's just. It's just giving more freedom, I think, and and being able to appreciate all of it, you know, because it's right. it's music to begin with, and I got into it to enjoy it, and but but we, it's just easy to pigeonhole yourself when you're trying to make a living doing it, and you're you you, you kind of you want to stick with what works, but evolve at the same time, and uh, it's a tricky thing to balance because you know people come to the shows because of probably your earlier stuff or, or what they, what they know, you know, people yeah, want to hear what yeah. they know. And if that's that first record that came out in 2012, well, I mean, I've, I've done 10 records. Like I've been a part of 10 records, like both Sunday best and solo. So it's like, I may not be there, you know, uh, mentally in that space to like want to do that early kind of party party yeah, you know party yeah. stuff because that's that's kind of it was like i said it was the good time so yeah um it's just part of getting old. old it's just part of getting older too when you first when you're when you're young you want to go to a show the last thing you want to go to is a sit-down show and then 10 years later you're sitting there thinking like oh, man i sure could go for a chair right <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like that's what i'm sitting on when i'm playing like that's that's where i'm at with it you said something about Travis Tritt earlier. I, I got to open up for Travis uh, years ago, and he's like halfway through his set, he brings out like a computer chair, and he's sitting just in that computer chair, like on stage, <laughs> you know, singing and playing. I'm like, at the time, I was like, man, Travis got has got old, but I'm like, now I'm like, man, he's he's got it figured I, out. Yeah, it's like I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Did you get to hang out with him much when you were uh, pl- open that show for him? No, no, I, I, I try to stay away from, from. I just try to stay out of the way usually, yeah. in, unless it organically happens. 
I just, uh, you know, it it just depends. It, yeah. It's it's a mixed thing. I have mixed feelings because it's like people are there to do a job and uh, they don't have time. You know, some you know some of them just don't feel like it. Like they right. just got to be focused. Because I'm that way about doing shows. But I'll tell you a funny story. I I went and saw Chris Stapleton um, when he was with. I don't know if you're familiar with the Johnson brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I felt like I was, uh, we were kind of ahead of the curve with Chris in Kentucky because, you know, he's he's another one that's like county over. Uh, right. And so he was like, we knew about him, uh, the early steel driver's days. And so we go and see him, and there's not many people there. And it was to the point that we could talk to him after the show. And, I mean, I was just fluffing him, buddy, like – like just blowing him up, just telling him how great I thought he was. And yeah. I leaned in cause the music was playing and, and like, I got a mouthful of his hair in like, oh. in my mouth. And I'm just like, <laughs> it just, <laughs> I'm just like, just kill me now. You yeah. know, cause, yeah. <laughs> cause you know, here, like I said, hero, like hero yeah. status. Oh, yeah. And I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I get his hair in my mouth and, yeah. uh, so I just after that point I was like, you know what? If if any of these guys if 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 I get a chance to say hello, I I will, but I'm not gonna like go out of my way to Yeah. Um to speak. So. Yeah, I, I feel you, man, because like <laughs> uh I, I think I've told this story on a past episode before, but when Andy and I first started this thing about two years ago. We were like, we reached out to, so I'm a big old 97s fan. I've loved their music uh, for a long time. Rhett Miller, um, I, I just think he's one of my favorite songwriters um, I've ever really got to listen to. And we reached out to him when we, we it was like episode four, something like that, of, of this uh, Country Coal Cans. I, I was like, I told Andy, I said, hey, well, I'm going to reach out to Rhett Miller. We're already at a no. Might as well just see if he'll come on the show. We had never interviewed anybody a day in our lives. Surprisingly, Rhett Miller said yes because he was playing in Durham that uh, weekend. He was like, "Yeah." He goes, "We'll, we'll do an uh, interview backstage before the show." Andy and I were like, "Well, hell, this is gonna be awesome." Well, I get in there and never interviewed anybody. I'm sitting across from one of my my musical heroes that I've been listening to for years, and I <laughs> could not remember how to hook up the microphones, how to record. I met, I felt so bad because I made him sit there for like 15 minutes, and I just stared blankly. I was like, I'm, my mind's at a blank, man. I'm so sorry. And he, he, But he was the nicest guy. He, he took it in stride. I was just like, man, I, I was like, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's always it's cool. It's cool. It was cool, you know, about yeah. it. That, and that's the thing. It's like if they're cool, it's yeah. awesome. But if if they suck, then it sucks because it's like you kind of you know yourself right there. Like yeah, like well, yeah. I, I felt that too. So yeah. <laughs> well, and like also like for me, like being a fan of people's music, it's like you have such a strong. You feel like you know them, and like right. this strong attachment. But it's like you know. At the end of the day, not everybody is like ready for you to tell, you know, to have that conversation and do that whole thing. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. You just don't want to be that guy. Exactly. And I have been that guy. So. I have been that guy. Yeah. We definitely have at a few concerts. Like, I, I hear artists now that it, like I've actually have gotten to like talk to artists and get to know some of them. And like they tell you about things they don't like for fans to do. I kind of am like, yeah, totally. And then the back of my mind, I'm like, I've been that guy before. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all about timing. It's like, for me, it's like, 
I obviously want people to to be into what I'm doing. You know, that's kind of the nature of the thing. It's like you make it and you want people to be into it, but it can just be like overwhelming sometimes to to for someone to just come at you with all this. It's love, I think, ultimately is what it is, but it, it can just be like. It can I'm just be ready. a lot. <laughs> it can just be a lot, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, especially I, after a show, you yeah, know. Yeah. You just oh, sat up there for not even that guy. Oh yeah, like we were, we were, I, we were talking about how we uh, got to meet Jamie Lynn Wilson in Raleigh one time, and everybody in our group was hammered at that concert. And we took a picture with her, but we ended up taking like six pictures with her. And I was just like, I'm so glad that she is just such a nice human being because we were the obnoxious fans and just like, <laughs> hey, can we take a picture? Can we take a picture? <laughs> I don't even know how many times because at that same time, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I wasn't the one that was taking a picture with her. And then Logan just shows me a picture of me and her. And I was like, I, yeah, I, don't I was that guy. I, I hope she doesn't think less of me. What was it used to say, Andy? Uh, whatever I do yeah. when I'm drunk is none of my business. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Oh, man. Yeah, how close are all the bands in Kentucky? Because uh, I know it's like every time I talk to somebody from Kentucky, like Jonathan and all of them, they're all super like, supportive of everybody from kentucky is it kind of the same way for like the bands that are from kentucky yeah i think for the most part you know i'm not gonna lie there's 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 drama i think just like anywhere else but but i think for the most part it's it's pretty positive and it's such a it's you know it's always kind of been a thing but it's never been this big like on a a regional level and so I think that's due to a lot of the, the the mutual respect and support and like people have really built the um the scene together you know so you you're doing a lot of just legwork with with each other and and I don't I don't throw this out there lightly but I I'm a huge fan of like the Eagles and mm-hmm. and that whole scene of Echo Canyon like and or just just California you know back in the day and all these artists that kind of emerged at once and um I feel like and the same thing with like the the outlaw country music of like you know Willie and Cash and Christoph and those guys it's like I'm not saying from like a, a talent perspective but like they didn't they they kind of came up together you know what I'm saying like yeah. they they did the dirty work together so those those relationships i think that's why the music became so good because it was like it was authentic like they had like shared experience with each other it wasn't like you know boy bands of the 2000s where they (laughs) got put together by the label (laughs) yeah yeah so uh it's pretty cool it's it's really uh crazy to just see how um i mean like it, for me, it goes back to Stapleton and Sturgill and <laughs> and and those like early days when nobody nobody even in like Lexington it was like a hotbed for all this stuff. Um, nobody really knew them, you know. So, yeah. but it goes back beyond them of uh, Ricky Skaggs and it's a, it's a it's a super rich tradition. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, I bet it is because, like, like I said um, earlier, there seems to be like this. I don't even know how to explain it in a articulate way, but like you can kind of tell when and some some of the artists that are like kind of in this scene, for lack of a better term, it, that they're from Kentucky because like there's this Appalachian kind of feel to it. 
even sure. if the, even if the music doesn't necessarily sound all exactly alike by any means, but there's just you can kind of feel that, and it's I think it's pretty cool to see because I like seeing the influence of where someone's from come through in their music. For sure, it's it's a I think it's a spirit that like feeds itself, you know, just a creative. Um, I mean, it's it's why people go to Nashville, you know, it's that creative energy that's there, and um, yeah, there there's so much of it. Um, in Kentucky, and I tell you, there's a lot in North Carolina too. I'm I'm buddies with with a few uh, bands from down there, and um, it seems like they've kind of got like this red dirt thing, right? Like, is that American American Aquarium? Yeah, so uh, American Aquariums out of Raleigh. Yeah, they they kind of have been a, accepted by the Texas Oklahoma people in the last like five years or so. Yeah, um, but but they're definitely you know in North Car- well. Uh, Throughout the years, they've been a predominantly North Carolina member band. BJ's had a million members in that band, yeah. but, but but yeah, I mean, it's there is a a. I mean, he sings about the state a lot, so it's like you know, for instance, in uh, some of the songs, he talks about little things that are here around Raleigh, like Slim's. Uh, he mentions that in St. Mary's, and that's a uh, that's a little dive bar <laughs> that uh, down on South Wilmington Street here in town. But <clears throat> he definitely like references and has kind of that North Carolina attitude in a a lot of his songs i I would say that's cool um i'll tell you who Corey smith was like a big influence for me uh in college and that's what i loved about him and it really influenced my writing a lot was just the kind of regional um specific like you're talking about with bj and like north carolina like Corey smith was like talking about things from georgia you know so that that resonated with me um and that's kind of a, a thing that I've continued, you know, in in my writing is just, you know, specific to here because it's like, you know, everybody's hometown is special in, in one oh, yeah. way or another, you know. So if you're writing about something specific to you, then it's to me, it's like it's unique already, you know, yeah. it's, as opposed to like the top 40 country stuff that's just kind of general. Yeah. You know, and, and you know. That is, it is what it is. I think that stuff plays its part too, you know, but yeah, um, it can just be watered down. It can be. It's like, it's, it's not even that some of the stuff in the mainstream is quote unquote bad. It's just, it's so forgettable. Uh-huh. Like, and, and we're, we're on this podcast cause we had, um, the guys from hippies and cowboys on, um, I think last year and <clears throat> we were telling them that like, while we're into definitely more independent music we are a little bit friendlier to some mainstream stuff than like they are yeah but it still it just lacks a lot of substance i think it is it's just it seems like sometimes it's just manufactured for a hit and i just don't really hear that coming out of kentucky which is one of the reasons i've been getting more and more into some of the artists coming out of that out of your area because it it just seems more authentic and more real yeah true true yeah for sure i mean it's a. Uh, I'm not gonna say that people aren't trying to do something like get something out of their songs, you know, because I yeah. think I think people want to be known and be heard, their story be told. But yeah, it's definitely not the same as a more manufactured just industry. Like, I mean, it's industry. It's not just. Yeah. It's not just playing music like Nashville. It's a machine. It is a machine, and and I think that it's like. I just think it's a waste of energy, honestly, to just to bash it so much. It's like it is what it is. I think that there's room for improvement, 
obviously, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, then let's do that. Like, I think that for me, I'm, I'm, I've become more open to, to like that side of things and just be like, well, if I add what I bring to the table to that, then to me it's, it's cause I'm not coming from that perspective of like just trying to get a number one. I yeah, mean, that, yeah. that would be sweet. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that would be awesome. But, um, you know, I, th- I just think, I think that there's a middle ground that, that can be found in, in country music radio. That's not, I think there'll probably always be cornball stuff. There always kind of <laughs> yeah, has sure. been, you know, <laughs> like no matter how far you go back, like there's been copycats, the history of country, the history of music, everything's yeah. already been done before. So it's like, let's, if we can find a less cheesy, more authentic, you know, and I, I think Stapleton does a great job of that. And I think he really changed. He changed like some of the, the threads of, of radio country that it's, you're kind of getting back to a more traditional sound. And that's what I, I just want like those like traditional instrumentation. Like yeah. that's what I think makes it country, you know, not talking about it, yeah. you know, how country you are. It's like, yeah. it's a sound. And, um, so real instruments that that would be my um suggestion for uh changing changing it and yeah i totally agree with that like when people get to talking about like how how redneck they are but it's in a rap song and then they want to call it country music i was like that's that's not exactly what this is that's that's not how this works no it's not yeah, I mean, it's like I always bring up um, this guy because in the mainstream, because he's probably one of the biggest things in in popular country music at the moment. But it's like Luke Combs, for instance. One thing I got to say I respect about him, does he have uh, reference beer in most songs? Sure. Uh-huh. I mean, the songwriting, some of it's pretty good. Some of it's pretty standard for, you know, what you expect out of a mainstream artist. But for the most part, his music actually sounds country. It kind of is reminiscent of a, a little bit of that, like late nineties, early two thousand stuff, more so than I guess the twenty thirteen pro country era or the Sam Hunt, uh, whatever that's called. I don't even know. But, yeah, tractor yeah. rap, tractor rap. Yeah, um, I agree. I think Luke's a really great singer. You know, yeah. I think I think that uh, I think his earlier stuff, um, you know. I, Auto tune is a part. It's got this sound of 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 radio country. I've I've been auto tuned and I hated it, but it um it is what it is. But um, I I he's he doesn't need that. Like no. <laughs> I, you know he he doesn't need need that. And uh, again, it's like there there are elements of country music that is like beer drinking and good timing yeah. and like like. The, the 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 general themes you know my thing is like okay tell me more yeah what's what's behind that as just just from a listener to an artist you know like okay we we know you you like that but but give me you know we've all gone through this pandemic it's like yeah. give me that perspective give give me like what have you realized on the other side of of this you know that's Maybe it's that you like Jaeger bombs more. I don't know, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah, just give us something a little different. Because don't get me wrong, I like 
cold beer pickup trucks and girls and Daisy Dukes as much as the next guy. But at the same time, sometimes I want something a little bit deeper, something mm-hmm. a, something a little more to the story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, like I said, there's, there's room for it all, I think. Yeah. And it doesn't all have to be so damn serious. No. Um, uh, so I I I, per, I have been victim of of just trying to be too sad boy and too emotional <laughs> about it and just be like man I just need to drink a beer and chill out and <laughs> yeah play yeah. I just w- wish that we could get radio to the point where you could go from Luke Combs to uh, Kelsey Ballerini to Tyler Childers you know mm-hmm. what I mean because yeah. Tyler Childers like. Like that guy is like I don't know what it is, man. That guy's just super talented, and I I just think it's a shame that he's not played on the radio. But to his credit, he's been able to build up this really big fan base organically without yep. having to uh, go through the the machine, as we said. Because you go to a NC State tailgate for a football game here, and you'll have people switch from uh, pop country to. But when White House Road comes on, everybody knows the lyrics, uh-huh. and I'm just like, I'm just like, it's crazy to me how how much he's grown over the last few years. Oh yeah, that, that, I mean, t- yeah, Tyler's another one that that seeing from like ground zero, uh, it's really, it's crazy how fast. I mean, it, it didn't happen overnight because he he's he's gigged and worked hard for a long time, but as far as like yeah, like you're saying, like from the masses, it's it's pretty incredible. And I honestly think that it's like talking about things shifting. Like he's a, he's, he's a, got a heavy, he's got a heavy load, you know, to shift the pen, pendulum, mm-hmm. I think towards, I, I think that it's happening. I think it's going to happen. It's just, you know, that, that ripple just takes a while for it, but you know, money talks. And, and I know that, that I know he's a big, he's a big draw. And, uh, I, I mean, Billy strings, he's not mm-hmm. really a country guy, but you know, it's in that same kind of vein of, uh, bluegrass country, um, kind of more just, I, I feel like it's music that's more rooted, like, like in, in culture and like, it, it just, it's, it's got deeper roots. You know what right. I'm saying? Like country music and like like I guess those inch that those instruments like that goes back. Long, there's a lot of heritage, you know, attached to that stuff, and I think you know stuff that's ingrained in us as as humans that have just been passed on from our ancestors. Like it's like a primal thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel anyway, experiencing it anyway. My my grandparents growing up, my earliest memories were like my grandparents and uncles and aunts. And like people of the holler, like playing just blue, just playing bluegrass instrumentation, like around the house. And, you know, there's so many people like that, you know, yeah. the farther back you go. And, um, yeah, and I, that's just been a huge draw, you know, everywhere you look, those guys are playing. And so it's, it's not, not to just bash Nashville and country, country yeah. radio, but, you know, like we said, they're, they're kind of, copycats so oh, yeah. uh so ways. maybe yes. they'll start trying to copy tyler instead of uh that's Keith that's Urban, what I'm, so. yeah <laughs> for sure I, I i think that that's definitely i think they're looking for the next next one so uh he or she's out there and oh yeah uh it's it's gonna happen so yeah it's I'm like not. we were just talking about um 
last episode, Morgan Wade's new record, man, like that thing is is just a straight jam all the way through. Like I I'm just I, I saw her play. She opened up for American Aquarium here in Raleigh a few years ago, and I was, I recognized her talent then, but I didn't get into it up until I was a little late to the party. It was really when her record dropped, and I was just like, man, this is fantastic stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's what's interesting about her is is that she hadn't put a record out, and there was so much uh, there was so much talk around her. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was pretty impressive. You know, it says a lot about her and her team and and the whole thing. Because yeah, it was like um, I, I was the same way. I'd heard a lot about her, but I, I until there there wasn't really much music out there. I, I, I know she she performed a lot around Kentucky too, and a lot of these yeah. things and. Um, you know, Sadler Vaden, uh, mm-hmm. pr- producing it. Um, it, it's, it's like, it's like in a country vein, but it's rock and roll too. Like, yeah, that's what I really got is. out of it was, was, a, was, which is, is cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and she's got a, she's got a, like, a, but a kind of a classic country voice. Um, yeah, for at the sure. Same time. So, uh, it's like, I, I know that, there were I've seen it on the internet at least, but God, you can find anything on the internet. But I know there were some people that were kind of disappointed with the sound of her new record because uh-huh. they they see mostly her like acoustic stuff she had done traveling and touring, yeah. and she like you said her voice and a guitar definitely has like she has the kind of like that classic country voice, but like then the production they weren't happy about. But I'm just like I don't know how you can not like this when you listen to it because it is a little bit more. I hate using this term, but it is a little bit more Americana than it is straight up country mm-hmm. and um, has kind of like, you know, a, a rock edge to it. But but then again, like we're all big rock fans here. So like we, we kind of really liked it. But yeah, um, yeah I, I got to say that was a fantastic record. I um I, I was very impressed by by her on that. But um so like when it comes to, I guess I cats out of the bag. I saw it on Twitter a while back, but Sunday Best is you know, kind of getting back together and putting out, uh, are y'all putting out any new music coming up soon? Uh, yeah, well, we, we made some, we, we were, we recorded a record last week and, um, I don't really know what the timeline is of putting yeah. it out. Uh, we're, we're kind of figuring that out right now. It's just with the state of the world <laughs> still yeah. and not knowing about, um, how touring is, is, and, and having a kid too, you yeah, know, yeah, it's it changes like, things. Uh, it changes things and, um, we're just trying to take our time and, and, uh, kind of ease back into it and not get ahead of ourselves. Cause we kind of, uh, got burnt out before just yep. on the, the running around all, all over the place. And it's, uh, it's fun. It's don't get me wrong, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, truck driving, you know, it's, it's. <laughs> It's not quite the same, but, but, you know, it's, you're town to town and it can kind of be a whirlwind, I'm sure, you know, for you, like knowing where you slept last, you know. I can't imagine what what it would be like to travel like this and then still have a family. I can't imagine after having a kid that it, it's no way it could be the same as it was before that. or, Or get up on stage and sing, you know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like be in a car for, for, you know, six seven hours then have to get get your shit together enough to to sing and then like then have to you know do it 
three, four more knots in a row, and then yeah. that's that's just it. And um, yeah, I've always thought that too. Like I've I've thought like, oh, it'd be cool to be a musician and all this stuff. And then I get done traveling, I'm like, I'm sure glad now that I'm here. My day is done. Yeah. I don't have to do anything else. Yeah, I mean it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like it's it is it is great, but there's just a lot of you know there's a lot of in between stuff that nobody thinks about or it's like getting to the stage. That's the hardest part. And, um, I'm, I'm trying to do this until I can't, you know, until I am am dead, you know? So hopefully that's a long time. And I just, uh, long way to the top. If you want to rock and roll, you know, and (laughs) and that's why I just have to keep telling myself. It's like, it's not a race. It's not a race. Just, don't I don't want to burn out. Yeah. So um yeah, we're we're gonna do some some shows this year and just see how touring opens up and we we will release some music this year, I'm sure of it. I don't know in what capacity, maybe a couple singles, but singles that that's a whole new thing too, because I just came from a time of uh making records and like it's one big thing and I sound like an old guy saying, back "Man, we're right there with you." Totally agree. We're right there with you. I don't like the. I don't like how. I get why they do it, right? Yeah, like like, Drake does it, and he's super successful with it. But I'm a guy who likes the common thread and the cohesiveness of an album, and like I kind of miss the days. Like, don't get me wrong, I love streaming music because it's just made. I, I I probably would have had a harder time finding out about artists that are not from my area that aren't mainstream uh, mainstream in a past era compared uh-huh. to what I have now. But I almost missed the times to when you didn't hear half the record as a promo single before it came out. And then you get the CD and you'd just be like, it'd be like a kid on Christmas listening yeah. to the, the full record in order. <laughs> oh yeah. It's well, we, we consume, it's like people, we, we consume music now. So that's why the singles are like, well, Cause, cause if you put a record out, it's like two weeks. It just gets swallowed up by everything else, you know. So, um, but I'm just trying not to get. It, it's like be in that game, yeah. But, but, but not living and dying by it, you know. It's like I get the value in singles and and you. you but I, I I don't know. I'm just always thinking about the the entire thing, you know. Yeah. So the experience it's an experience to me. It really you know, is. Yeah, listening to to a whole record. And- it's also a battle because, like like you're kind of hinting it, you don't want to just be if you release an album, you know, like you said, two weeks people have moved on to the next person's new album. You know, you want to be able to drop that single, a little tease. And that way, you know, you get people thirsting, you know, for another month or two. And, and you know, you stay fresh in people's minds because they know, a rec- you know, they know your record's about to drop. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a. Well, and you're in, and you're in. Yeah, exactly. A business. It's like an investment. Like you're trying to, you know, it, it's hard. Like this making music isn't free, which yeah. this past year I've I've gotten into, like I said, more of the home recording just because I don't want to like. I don't want the money, not having the money to keep me from being able to like make and put music out. You know, that's, that's yeah. my biggest thing always. Cause it's like, and that's <laughs> like Blake Shelton. I swear, bless his heart. He, like <laughs> that guy, 
like I think some there's certain there's certain people they get to a point where they're just shameless and they'll just say anything nope. in a song <laughs> because they have so much money that they can they can well it's just on to the next. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, we put this single out, well then we'll just put another one out, you know, next week. Um I'm referencing like gosh, Hell I don't right. know. Huh? Was this a song Hell Right? Or- yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, come on, Blake. Yeah, Blake Shelton is the uh, Country and Cold Cans voted, uh, what was it, the most disappointing? Most disappointing artist <laughs> relative yeah. to like his talent yeah. and the music that he put out early in his career. Yes. Like versus what he became. And don't get me wrong, he'll sandwich in three or four pretty solid to good tracks yeah. on his records. But like, man, I just... I, I get so frustrated with Blake Shelton. I do. Because <laughs> the man can do a lot more than what he's doing. He's got I, I, he's got such a good voice. Yes. And it's just like, I'm like, good Lord, man. <laughs> Brad Paisley, I feel that same way about him, yeah. too. Like, uh, just, I'll say anything. Like, he'll, he'll, and I get, you know, whatever. I, I'm not, but just as a snobby listener yeah, and, yeah. like, fan of, like, man. I don't even know what I'm referencing. I think I've blocked it all out. Yeah. But anything- those first like three or four Brad Paisley records were fantastic. Yeah. And then like right around the time, I want to say maybe it was the fifth gear uh, record. He just kind of like, it kind of just started to nosedive a little bit. And I used to joke that I think that he made it a competition with himself to pick one word and build a song around it. Cause like it was around the time he put out water, then he put out ticks and it's just uh- like every single hook was just one word. <laughs> Hey man, probably. Yeah, you know, that's all it takes. You know, it's what I'm learning with with some of these like I call them professional songwriters, like like the guys that are like writing for radio. Yeah. I mean, it really does just take one song and then or one mm-hmm. word, and they're just like, that's it, hook, yeah. hook. That's the hook. Chorus is king, you know, and. uh now have five other people in the room with them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but it's it's it's. I'll say this too. For me as a songwriter, it's like it's like okay, it can be that simple. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like I said about being uh being up in my emotions or in my feels. Like it's like coming like the other side of that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like it's it's a different side of the spectrum. So. I, I I've I've found myself in convoluted uh just places just because I was trying to be too smart or Yeah. You know, and clever. That's, that's one of the things that I've always like one of my favorite artists of all time. Um and he ended up being the country and gold cans voted. We did a whole episode of who we think is the greatest American artist. And one of my favorite artists of all time is Tom Petty. And I think Tom Petty mastered the ability to have a catchy hook, catchy chorus, but with some depth to the songs. Mm -hmm. Like that man had it down. (laughs) It's funny you said that. That's my hero right there. Like I I know I said Stapleton, but like Petty is like, that's my all time guy right there. So yeah, he's, and his just, his, his attitude and just, um, the thing with Petty to me is like, have you read his, uh, that Warren Zane book, the, the mm-hmm. bio about him, uh, it just gets into his, you know, in his whole story, um, and just how kind of a hard time he had, you know, like it wasn't 
like he was this obvious choice as like mm-hmm. for the label to to just pick up and you know he 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 convinced his whole band to go from Gainesville to to California like yeah. with nothing with no promises. What was it he said? How hard could it be to get a record deal? <laughs> yeah, I mean they did, but you know it's just like. So I'm always like, if if Tom Petty had to grind, then we all got to grind because yeah. you know, and he's just he's written some of the most iconic songs in in our in everyone's lifetime. It's like yeah. even if you don't even realize it, it's yeah. like Tom Petty's probably got the song that's been there, you know, mm-hmm. at one point in your life. So like, you, you know. Wildflowers, uh, Wildflowers is probably one of my favorite records of all time, uh, and I, I just got that on vinyl maybe a few months ago. And I just every time I I hear that album, there's just so many fantastic songs on it that some of them were big hits. But I really wish people would dive into the to oh, the yeah. uh, album cuts too, uh, mm-hmm. because it's just he's just got such a wealth of like great songs and his staying power. From like what was it? Uh, their first record came out in what seventy six, I think, and yeah. then he was still on top of the uh, rock world until like the mid nineties. Even throughout like the the kind of like the grunge era, he was still putting out hits. Oh but yeah, you got to give the guy credit on one thing, and I don't mean to sound like an asshole when I say this, but with the way he looked, he survived the the music video era. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's made that comment before. He's like the heartbreakers. He was like, how ironic is that? He's like, look at us. <laughs> but yeah, they, I mean, 40 years, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and I saw them uh, in Cincinnati, I guess the last tour they did. And, that that was like the I'd probably seen him four or five times and that was the first time that I'd been like, okay, they're they're starting to slip a little bit, but I was like, shit, they're seventy years old. Oh yeah. You know? It's <laughs> like they're lucky to, to be to be alive, you know, at this point. <laughs> yeah. Alone especially with especially with yeah, like with the lifestyle that they, they live too. I yeah, mean. man crazy i was fortunate enough andy and i both fortunate enough to, we saw them we were in college back in 2014 they came through pnc arena where um nc state plays their basketball games and tickets weren't cheap man and we were in college didn't have a whole lot of money but we were just like look man we got to do it i think they were like 80 some bucks and we were just like we got to pull the trigger because we don't know how much longer they're going to be playing and i'm glad we did because it won't it won't much longer after that that uh you know obviously passed away so it's like I'm glad that I took the opportunity to go see him when I could. Oh, yeah. Living legend. Yeah. Because, like, I saw the, even though it's, you know, a very different variation of the band, but I saw the Eagles before Glenn Fry died. And I was glad that I got to go with that. And I kind of lucked into that because my dad couldn't make it. So my mom had an extra ticket and she asked me to go. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely go to that. <laughs> so, how did they do the show? I, like, did they do it chronologically? Yeah. It was that tour. Cool. Yeah. It was a cool thing because they had, um, Everybody that could make it back, except for uh, I can't remember the guitarist name that they kicked out in 2001, but uh, but he wasn't there. And then another guy that was originally in there during the Desperado era couldn't make it because of health reasons. But they had a lot of the older band members that hadn't toured with them in a while back on that tour because it was like the history of the Eagles tour. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really fun show to go to because that the, you could tell they had all kind of like 
lost a step a little bit with the exception of Joe Walsh. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. And somehow that guy lived the hardest of all of them. And he's the one that's still <laughs> rocking. <laughs> I know I had the same exact thought. I was like, and I was also surprised that, and maybe it was just default because he was the only one that had the energy to do it. But yeah, I watched that documentary. Uh, I guess it was the history of the Eagles. Like, and I was just like, well, I was I was really let down by by just how how Glenn Fry like just the whole thing yeah like with, <laughs> with the money and like not just saying it not not just like being like you know we won't we're not going to come back out if we don't unless we make more money it's like yeah. I, I get that but to say it on the documentary <laughs> you know. Joe Walsh is like, he's all time too. So I'm just like, it's not mm-hmm. like he's a scrub, you know? And then for them to come out and let him like, I mean, he did the, he did the, uh, the encore. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe that they let him like take it, take it yeah. like that. But yeah, he stole the show when we yeah, saw him. He did. He's an incredible entertainer. Um, but speaking of the Eagles, it, this popped in my mind earlier when you first brought them up. It's crazy to me that when they first were starting out, and I think they were living in, I think it was California at the time, they uh, that Glenn Fry, Don Henley, and Jackson Brown were all yeah. like just starting out living in the same area. Like that's just an incredible amount of talent just to, for musicians that are starting out like that. You know, I, I know what what a place to land. And I, I think one of those docs are talking about like learning how to r- r- write songs, like listening through the like to Jackson Brown through the wall. It's like he he'd play the piano sing then he'd go away then he'd come back and they're like oh that's that's how he does that um yeah and it's like california i mean back to tom petty gainesville like like he shared they shared like a backyard with with bernie ledden like tom petty and bernie ledden tom ledden you know was in mud crutch Mm -hmm. i'm just like and then you got like skinner the allman brothers yeah You've got, you've got all those bands like in Florida at the time, and it's just crazy how how those little pockets of people will just pop up over you know every so years, and you're just like, man, that's crazy. Yeah, and then it, what was it? I think that even Bob Seger had some um, a relationship he developed when they were younger with uh, Glenn Fry. Oh and yeah, like, he was in their band. Yeah, yeah, because like Bob Seger is another one who I'm a huge fan of. My dad is probably one of his favorite. Art. My dad's always love uh, the Bee Gees, the Eagles, Bob Seger, and Donna Summer. It's really just like classic <laughs> rock and disco. Yeah, but, cool. But yeah, Bob Seger, man, like I, he's somebody that I really, him and Bruce Bruce Springsteen are two on my list that I really want to see before it's, mm. <laughs> it's too late. I saw Seger in Toledo, um, two thousand fourteen, maybe. Mm-hmm. And everything was down an octave, I think, or yeah. at least a half step. And he had like a sweatsuit on he wore the whole time because he was just sweating his butt off, <laughs> yeah. like like dry fit stuff and a sweatband. And I was like, this ain't live, live, is it live, not live at the bullet, but the like the live. Yeah, I know which one you're stuff, talking about. Y- you know, yeah, it's we're not we're not there, but it was still killer. Yeah. Now, one of those classic rock bands that I've been told that they still perform at a really high level is uh, Fleetwood Mac. 
Um, mm. I've had uh, some friends of mine that have gone to see them. They said that they're one of the few that they didn't have a ton of extra touring musicians. Cause like, that was one of the things I was a little disappointed with the Eagles, but at the same time, like you said, they're in their seventies. I, I should cut them a little more slack than, <laughs> than what I did, but like they had just a ton of touring musicians that just were really playing most of the stuff. Uh, it, Don Henley like wasn't back on the drums the whole time. Like he, uh, he used to be, you know? Yeah. So, but I mean, look, it was still cool experience to be able to see those guys. Yeah. Singing the songs and mm-hmm. uh, Mike Campbell's with, uh, Fleetwood now. Yeah. Fleetwood now. Right. Yep, he is. I, that's kind of cool that they absorbed him into that band because was it uh, Lindsey Buckingham ain't with him right. anymore? So like, it, it gives Campbell somebody else to play with. That also, but Campbell's a fantastic guitarist. Like he's yeah. one of those people when you hear him play, you can tell it's Mike Campbell. Mm-hmm. He's, he's Buckingham very the same way. Yeah, yeah. Both pretty underrated. I feel like in in so. the in the in the you know the conversations of guitarists. Yeah. I think that sometimes with Campbell, he gets underrated, at least in my opinion, because maybe he wasn't as experimental as as some people were. It was a lot of times it was like straight ahead rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. He he he. It wasn't. He wasn't getting paid by the note. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, one thing we did. uh, We anytime we have somebody on, we shift away from music a little bit. So I know that you're from Kentucky. So the question I want to know is. Is it UK or Louisville? Oh, it's UK. UK. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a, I don't have the hate for Louisville yeah. uh, as most of most Kentucky fans do, but yeah, it's it's no no question there. Um, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a rough year for you guys this year <laughs> on the hardwood. Yeah, I. Uh, I didn't really watch much of it. I, it's it's like as successful as Cal has been, his uh his approach, like the the culture. I, I'm I I grew up uh with you know three and four year guys, and it's yeah you, you know as most people do with mm-hmm. with basketball. It's like you get you just invest in these guys, and it's just every year somebody knew it's like well shit if they're not any good then like what do, what do i have i mean i know kentucky but yeah you know what does that even mean anymore so yeah i i agree with you man i i'm not a big fan of the one and done culture and era that we're kind of living in like i, I miss the days like so i'm a nc state fan obviously now because I, mean, I went to school there it's my alma mater i'm a big fan but i grew up a duke fan and I like I used to l- literally watch their games religiously. But over the years, after I went to NC State, I started to drift a little bit because they kind of adopted the Kentucky model uh, with their recruiting now. And I just mm-hmm. like you're saying, I just don't have the connection. To, I don't even know who's on the roster half time anymore. There's just so much turnover. It just yep. affects how you, uh, I guess, relate to the team, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think overall, it's just like as far as success goes, it's like. Well, is it is it you know for me at Kentucky is it just enough to to win the SEC? Is that like what you're yeah. trying to do? Because um, it's like I think what's happened to him in the tournament is they've just had he's just had young teams and mm-hmm. and it's just like that experience of, of the tournament you can't prepare for that like mm-hmm. the pressure those kids are under like. I get tore up and I'm not even playing. So yeah. I couldn't imagine like trying to make a free throw, you know, in front of 
you know, however many people in those tournaments. So that's just getting to the tournament. Like in yeah. Kentucky, you know, there's just – they've got expectations out the roof every year in basketball. It's pretty mm-hmm. ridiculous, honestly. But um, but when you've been that good for that long, you know, the fans kind of get accustomed to it because I saw a weird stat earlier in the year that – the the week that Duke, Carolina, and Kentucky were all unranked was the first time that all three of them had been unranked in the same week since like the nineteen sixties. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they've been they've been consistent, and Kentucky was due a, a bad year. You know, like yeah, he they've only missed the tournament once since Cal's been there, and um, you know, you just can't you can't get the guy every year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. He he has a lot. He has, but they just uh, they couldn't get it together, and it's uh, you know they played like a bunch of seventeen and eighteen year olds. Yeah, yep. It's just like uh, on the same note, how we were saying, you know, we should have expected it with the artists being in their seventies. Sometimes we forget that these kids are eighteen years old. You know, exactly, and they are kids, and it's just mm-hmm. a game, and it's not life and death, and yeah. That that's the thing, but in Kentucky there is, there is no other sport. You know, right. it's like there's no there's no pro team. So, uh, you know, Kentucky basketball. I mean, up until the last few years, Kentucky football hadn't been worth nothing. Yeah. So it was just basketball. Uh, like I grew up, like the first team I remember was like '96, like their mm-hmm. first of like, and they had like nine or ten pros on that team yeah when 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 every game you watch they win it's like yeah i guess that's what you become accustomed to um but it's not yeah and and that era too that era too y'all almost y'all were dangerously close to a (laughs) three-peat yeah i mean they should have they lost our best player um and still made the finals i guess arizona beat them mike bibby um yeah they had a squad, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's a that's that's a thing about this this time of year too. It's like I have so many memories attached to like tournament games around this time of year, and this year it was, and it's like also the one thing that like people everybody will get together for. Yeah, you, you know, it's like can't get together for for uh, Christmas, but we'll get together for. Yeah, uh, for a basketball game. Match, March Madness, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, like, this year was probably the first time in 10, 15 years I didn't fill out a bracket because I just wasn't that into it because, one, NC State didn't make it. Two, Duke didn't make it for the first time since I was one year old. And, um, like, it, it, like, so the only thing I cared about in the tournament, really, was making sure University of North Carolina didn't win. <laughs> and when they got ran through by Wisconsin, I was a happy man. I was like, I don't care what happens the rest of it. Yeah, I don't uh I don't care for UNC either. Um Duke was a big uh nemesis growing yeah. up. That ninety two yeah. uh game. The Leitner, the Leitner game. <laughs> yeah. I that that was like I remember my mom I didn't really know what was going on, but I just my mom like just screaming and like jumping up and down during that game and then like just going to bed as soon as it was over, just like <laughs> tore up so yeah i I imagine that leitner probably ain't many people's favorite person in kentucky no but but i still (laughs) but like 
Coach K, I respect, you right. know. So it was like, it, it, it's not like, uh, I mean, and, and Roy Williams too. I, I mean, yeah. but I, I don't know something about that. Something about that blue. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Like here in the Triangle, uh, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, like it's all about the blue schools. And those of us that are Wolfpack fans, like we, it, it's so annoying because it's it, we get treated <laughs> we get treated like the little brother oh, here I in the it. Triangle. <laughs> I bet. And the Carolina fans are the worst. They're the most arrogant group of assholes I've ever met in my life. And <laughs> we we all live so close together that you know you encounter them at work, you encounter them in your friend group, like. Yeah. It's just they're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I actually drove through Raleigh last week. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, was in New Bern. Okay, uh, and then we came through uh, Raleigh on our way, basically Charlotte. Uh, yeah, we stayed uh, in uh, Belmont. Okay, I had a wedding there. But yeah, yeah. My um, my younger brother lives down in New Bern. That's a pretty town. Yeah, it is. I mean, North Carolina's got it all. It's yeah. like we got the a tail end of the Appalachian Mountains, the Piedmont in the middle, and then we got the coast, man. And it's all yeah. within a it's it's really all within a reasonable drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, if you uh if you're interested, we like to when we have an artist on do one last lightning round before we wrap things out. Okay. Okay. So um I guess I'll start. I got like two or three questions and then the other guys will have a couple and then we, we can wrap things up from there. Okay. So my first thing is, uh, we kind of alluded to some of this, but pros or college athletics? Uh, pros. Pros. Okay. Who's your team on that? Um, I don't know. I just think it's, it's better overall. Like I, 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 I like, uh, we grew up Browns fans, like in football. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been, that's been a hard, uh, I'm sure. That'd be it's been hard. I and then you know Belichick was with the Browns, um, mm-hmm. so I I kind of followed him there. Uh, respect for him and yeah, you know Brady. Um, basketball, there's a lot of Kentucky guys. I I, I like the Lakers. I, I guess I'm just like whoever's good is who I like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you if you like multiple teams and then you you experience more joy through it. So uh, right. Yeah. Unless unless. Uh, heartache. Um, I like the Hornets. I, okay. I like the squad yeah, yeah. that they're uh, yeah putting together. It's kind of um, it's a shame Lamelo Ball uh got injured because he was having a hell of a rookie year. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, seems like this game comes really easy to him. Yeah, it does. All right. So next question. Back in the day, where was your favorite late night drunk fast food stop? Um, Taco Bell. Taco Bell, solid. You can't go wrong with Taco Bell. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, and um, I think then I guess for me, kind of pivot back to a music thing. If you could play with one artist, alive or dead, who would it be? Tom Petty. Tom Petty, solid choice. All right, throw it over to Andy or Kyle. Whoever wants to go next. I'll go. Beer or whiskey? Uh, beer. <laughs> Strong words from a man from Kentucky. I know. I I just have to stay away from it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, Stay upright. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, Andy is uh, definitely trying to stay away from it these days, too, compared to when he was a little bit of a younger oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Jim Beam was the first thing I ever drank, got drunk on, and I loved it, and uh, a little too much. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, 
I right before my daughter was born, I was getting back in to just because usually I hadn't like had any appreciation for it. It was just like bourbon and coke or or just straight shooting it. But I was getting into some like a uh, old fashioned and just oh, cocktails yeah. and you know one or two and you know I can handle thin, but I anything past that I just I turn into somebody else. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you a light beer or a craft beer guy? Uh, I go back and forth. Okay. Uh, boxes or briefs? Uh, That's briefs. a weird question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just a random thought I yeah. popped in my head when you when you when you was like when you pulled a show you were like we need some lightning round questions I was like I need to come up with one that I know D Bear and Andy won't steal so <laughs> I was like boxes or briefs. Yeah, so that's just the one I could come up with. Because <laughs> I knew Andy was going to steal the beer of whiskey one, and then you were going to take my pros or college one. So, <laughs> it is what it is, right? Yeah, it is what it is. Well, man, uh, congratulations on on you know having your first child. I know that's awesome, but uh, thank you. I appreciate yeah, we it. we appreciate you coming on, man. We've uh, definitely had a good time chatting with you here. Yeah, man. Same. Thanks a lot. Yeah, man. So. uh for this episode of Country and Cold Cans, I'm Logan, sitting here with Andy and Kyle, and this week, Nick Jamerson. We'll see you next time.